Hi, I'm George A. Milton, America's Failure Coach. Welcome to the Failure is Not the Problem podcast. Listen, you as well as I know that failure is a problem for most people. Why is that? In a single word, conditioning. Conditioning is simply training. You have been taught that failure has to be negative. I am here as your personal coach to help you relearn how to accept your failures and turn those experiences into positive mindset change and success. Look, motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what's going to keep us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is balance, not success alone. You have to develop a healthy balance between success and failure. It does not have to be one or the other. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you're going to thrive. That's when you will finally live a whole life. I will help you recondition your mindset by exchanging ideas and strategies to guide you in making transformations so that you can thrive. Most of all, I'm going to give you something every single episode which you can utilize to create change in yourself. Failure is about learning how to embrace your challenges and taking 100% responsibility for your life. I'm so happy to have you. Welcome to the Failure is Not the Problem podcast. Why talk about failure? My question to you is this. Why talk about success? When it comes to success, that's a maybe, right? It's not necessarily something that's guaranteed. However, when it comes to failure, oh, you better believe that's guaranteed. I want to help my audience learn how to embrace and accept failure and failed experiences by changing their mindsets to see failure in a positive light. Here's what I know. You guys are all champions. And how do I know that? Because you showed up. If you want to be successful, half the battle in life is showing up. So, hey, look, welcome to my first podcast. Failure is not the problem. I'm glad that you're here to help me on this journey. I'm George A. Milton, America's Failure Coach. Today, what I want to do is talk to you about becoming successful by failing. I know that's a little strange for some folks, but that's what we're going to discuss today. You know, here's the deal. I wrote my first book entitled Failure is Not the Problem. It's the beginning of your success just for you. And in fact, I wrote an accompanying workbook and a journal. Why? Because nobody wanted to talk about the subject as I was doing the research and talking to folks. It's just not something they wanted to talk about. But here's the deal. For you to become successful through failure, it's all about changing your mindset to accept failure as positive experiences rather than accepting failure as you know negative expectations. That's kind of what we've been taught, right? When it comes to, to failure, it's all negative. Most of us from a very early age have been conditioned to believe that failure has to be negative. That just simply is not true. That's what I've learned throughout my life. It, it really isn't. You know, I come from an impoverished family, you know, born of, you know, you know, two teenage parents, neither of which actually graduated from high school. I started my life all failing at a very early age. Now, now check this out. I failed kindergarten. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you heard it right. I failed kindergarten. Now, look, isn't kindergarten supposed to be like a freebie? Well, it wasn't for me. I'm not sure how I failed that, but I did. As luck would have it, I learned from my failures in the kindergarten and failed the first grade also. Not a very good start, man, I tell you. But, you know, that was life for me. And in fact, when I look at my educational experience, I failed almost every grade in my academic career. 
when it came to reading, I never even read a book other than a comic book. And that's not really reading until I was in the ninth grade. You know, the only reason I even read that book was because my high school English teacher, you know, a couple of weeks after that assignment, she comes over and uh, she's checking to see if I'd actually finished that assignment. Guys, I hadn't even started, you know, to read it. I mean, what am I going to do with this? I wasn't, you know, wasn't very good at reading and I knew this. And therefore, I had no interest in reading that book. That's for sure. You know, once she realized I had not even started reading the book, she did something that uh, was, was pretty amazing and, you know, propelled me to always, even currently, to have a book of some sort in my presence. She comes over to my desk. She slowly opens a page and she says, hey, look at this. What do you see? I could not believe my eyes. There on the page was my name, George Milton. I looked again, George Milton. I'm like, what in the world? It was the first time I had ever seen my name in a book. At that time, I did not know what I was experiencing in terms of my feeling. But today, I can assure you, although I could not you know, explain it then, I'm here now to tell you that seeing my name in a book was exhilarating. I mean, it was just fantastic, right? The title of the book was Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck, a classic. That began my love for reading. You may think that experience launched my academic career and you know put me on a path to the highest heights regarding my schoolwork. Well, not exactly. As Master Yoda would say, struggle, I did. Failed a lot, I did. And in fact, I almost did not graduate from high school on time. In my senior year, a few months prior to graduating, my high school counselor calls me to her office. She says, hey, look, got some not so good news for you. She says, you know, have a, you know, have a seat. She immediately says, you're not going to graduate on time. Initially, it was like a punch in the gut. Then my brain fully received the message, and there was this thought of, what? How did this happen? As any kid in a situation such as this, I'm sure you can identify. What exactly are you saying? She repeated. You're not going to graduate on time. She said that I could eventually graduate, but I would not be walking the stage with my graduating class. I would need to take a summer school class. I pleaded with her and made it very clear that, look, I've got to graduate on time. I mean, I will be the first high school graduate in my family. My parents, man, I mean, they were looking forward to this almost as much as I am. So what can I do? Plus, they've already notified family members, you know, who were planning on attending the ceremony. She said there was nothing she could do. As tears literally welled up in my eyes, I pleaded with her to help me. As a last-ditch effort, here's something I did. I said, you know what? I'm going to try to use this argument. I said, hey, look, you guys have always given me, you know, extra credit. Uh, even though I wasn't accomplishing these grades on my own, you gave me those extra credits so I could, you know, remain eligible and to compete in high school sports. So I say, what about that? I mean, could, could we do that? And she says, hey, look, sorry, but, you know, it's out of my hands. On more than one occasion, I went to her office and tried to plead my case. And each time I was turned away with the same response. The answer is summer school if you want to graduate on time. <sighs> Finally, I'd given up all hope and accepted my fate. However, I had not told my parents that I was not going to graduate on time. You know, how could I even you know, broach that subject with them? Man, all I was thinking, another major failure throughout my life. As my final semester in high school was quickly ending, my counselor called me to her office a couple of weeks after her initial announcement of me not graduating on time. 
She said that after much thought and talking to her fellow counselors, she may have figured out a way to get me to graduate on time. Oh, man, this is great. I thought she was going to give me that one hour, right? Going to have mercy on me. I mean, this is going to be okay. Yeah, we talked about it. You can have the hour. We've always done it. She explained, well, not not so quick. For me to graduate on time, I would need to take a correspondence course. I inquired, a what? Correspondence course? I had no idea what correspondence course was or what her statement meant. You know, at that point in my life, I couldn't even spell correspondence. What the heck is that? My counselor said, that a correspondence course is a self-taught, self-paced course of study. She said she was going to order the materials, right? And once she received it, she would, you know, then call me, give me the material, go over it with me, and tell me exactly how it's supposed to process. I'll take the information, take the exam, turn it in, and she would mail it off to the examiners. And if I passed, I would be awarded the one credit hour and then be able to graduate on time. And I'm thinking, look, my simplistic mind, dude, I mean, that sounds pretty easy, right? Heck, even with all my failure, I can do that. As with life, we all know things are not always that simple. My counselor finally received the course material. She summoned me to her office, presented me with the golden ticket. She explained what the procedures were. As she was explaining the instructions, I realized quickly there are going to be a couple of problems. First, it was in a hard science. Heck, any science to me was hard at that point. And in this particular one, it was botany. Guys, look, look, never heard that word before. I inquired, botany? What, I mean, what is that? Her answer was, it's a scientific study of plants. Huh? I said, well, who would want to do that? So the second concern was, it was from Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas. What? Wait, wait. A hard science from a university? Man, I'm a high school student, failing miserably, and you want me to take a correspondence course, a self-taught course in a hard science from a four-year collegiate institution. Do I have to pass or just go through the motions and you guys are you know, going to turn this in and give it to me and say, we did it? In my mind, this was not what I thought as figuring something out. This was adding Kendall to the fire. What are the chances of me passing such a course? Probably not very good. Well, I took the course material home. I was stressed. I was depressed. I had no comprehension of what I was even looking at on the pages of the book. You know, and after days of struggling and trying to figure, you know, figure this out and, uh, you know, slowly trying to read through this material, I took the test, turned it into my counselor and, man, whatever happens, happens. She said that she would mail it off uh, the next day to the university. And whenever, you know, she got it back, she would uh, she would give it. A couple of weeks passed and I hadn't heard anything uh, until the third week. Of turning the test in, I, you know, received word from my counselor that she needed to see me. So, I, uh, you know, went to her office. As I entered, she was sitting at her desk. She motioned to me to, to have a seat. Uh, with a solemn look on her face, she said, you did not pass. And then she said, well, at least not with flying colors anyway. You know what? You got a D. <laughs> I said, what? Oh, a D? Oh, is a D passing, right? That's, that's passing. She smiles and says, yes, uh, you know, a D is passing. The next question I asked was, well, okay, do I get to graduate on time and walk across the stage with my class? And again, she said, yes, congratulations. I thanked her and happily and hurriedly left her office. As I was leading, I thought, you know what? I may not be the smartest person in the class, but at least I'm consistent, baby. You know, D's and L's, best D ever, dude. I eventually graduated and went out to college on a football scholarship and track scholarship. Now, in college, I did great athletically. All conference a couple of times, 
Uh, I made all the Americans twice. Uh, however, unfortunately, you know, after a year and a half, I could not keep up academically and fell out of college. You know, look, this is crazy, right? But by the time it was all said and done, before I ever received any type of college degree, I had, you know, failed to drop down to six colleges and universities. Now, I don't know if most of you fell out that many, but, I, you know, I know that there are some who can identify with failing out of college and, you know, feeling that despair of, of failure. That, that's what had actually happened. In fact, my failing out of college was how I actually ended up in the military. You know, at that time, there just simply weren't many options for me. So by joining the military and serving my country, man, absolutely without question, was one of the best decisions I ever made my entire life. So finally, I entered the United States Army. One day, I'm at the weapons qualification range trying to qualify with my weapon. I grew up, you know, hunting, so I knew how to shoot a weapon. That's what we call it, you know, shooting weapons in the military. We call it firing weapons. I thought it would be relatively easy, so... I had lots of experience with weapons, right? So no big deal. I grew up in East Rural, Texas. So that's what we did. We hunt, we fished, uh, you know, we cleaned up weapon systems. That's how we, you know, we got our, got our food, you know, it's hunting. You know, the skills I acquired over many years as a hunter was not enough to ensure that I was qualified with a military style weapon though. So guess what happened? Yep, failed the weapons qualification range. Another failure, goodness, what the, look, what am I going to do to get past this? I'll go back to the barracks at night. And I was walking around, you know, like most people would, with their head down, feeling depressed, frustrated, dejected. And my platoon sergeant, 250 pounds, about 6'4", Sergeant First Class George Gaither, walks over to me after he noticed me pouting. And he says, look, Private, what is the problem? And it wasn't one of those, hello, son, how was your day? Is everything okay? It was more like, son, you better get your head out your four-point contact. And I explained to him how I had experienced a lifetime of constant failure. And failing to qualify my weapon system was just another example of me not going, you know, being good enough, me not measuring up. What Sergeant First Class Gaither said to me literally transformed how I experienced failure from that day to this day. He said, Private, failure is not the problem. It's how you respond to your failure. That simple revolutionary phrase changed everything about my life and how I experienced failure. It had never occurred to me that I could experience failure as anything other than negative. How many of you have actually been taught that? Look, I was taught that way early in life, that failure was always associated with negativity. After that brief interaction with Sergeant First Class Gaither, I literally began to change my mindset and my thought processes to understand that if I responded correctly, failure could actually work to my advantage instead of what my disadvantage is, most of us have been taught. Starting on that day, over time and currently, I realized that when I failed, this was an opportunity to get better, to get stronger, to become wiser, to grow, perhaps even change direction in life. Changing direction in life is not failure. It's what? Changing direction in life. Often, oftentimes for the better. So it was not the end, but the beginning when I failed. And in fact, I got so fired up about this, right? And to get on that path, all I had to do was take the right response. So what I did is I came up with a formula to remind me when things are not going real well. And that formula is this, F plus RR equals S. That's failure plus right response equals success. And here's what I know. It is not your failure that matters. It is how you respond to those experiences. You know, Oprah Winfrey has been known to have said, our failures are merely experiences. After my experience of basic training and throughout life, as I changed my mindset and thought patterns to experience failure in a more positive way, I have become somewhat more reasonably successful. In fact, 
I have earned four college degrees, two of which are at the master's level from accredited universities. I've earned 17 hours toward a doctorate. I actually graduated from United States Army War College, number one war college in the United States Army with a master's degree. I was an assistant professor at a university. I was told I would never, ever be an officer because what? I didn't have the right pedigree. Didn't come from the right background. Had no degrees at that point in my life. So they, they couldn't see it. I went from being a private in the United States Army to retiring as a Ford Burke Colonel. In 2018, I was inducted into the Officer Candidate School Hall of Fame. Now, how did all this happen? Huh? How does a badly educated, poor kid achieve such goals? First, I broke certain patterns, right? I read that when you are able to break patterns, the world opens up to you. I find that to be totally true. I broke the pattern of accepting a failure only has negative value. But more importantly, I changed my mindset to experience my failures as positive outcomes based upon my responses and not negative expectations based upon what flawed teachings. Look, here's what I am convinced of, right? I am convinced that our failures are our greatest resources if only we respond to them appropriately. To help you get from where you are to where you are meant to be, guys, utilizing failure. I've actually created 12 steps in my books that you can actually buy. One of my favorite quotes is this, you know, readers are not necessarily leaders, but leaders are most often readers. That was attributed to former President Harry Truman. This guy who is famously known for not being formally educated at a very high level, the only president in the 20th century without a college degree. Some would have considered that, what, a failure, not getting a degree, but he became president. She was fired from television because she was not considered, because she was considered um, unfit for television. However, she is one of the most famous television icons ever, Oprah Winfrey. What? Wow. He went from being dead broke after failing to make it in the NFL prior to becoming a WWE star. Currently, he is one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood and head of a successful production company. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Wow. Failed in business three times and failed campaigning seven times prior to becoming the president of the United States. Guess who that was? Abraham Lincoln. Now, this one was shocking. He was not able to speak until he was four years old. His parents thought he was subnormal. He was also expelled from school and his teachers described him as mentally slow. That person? Albert Einstein. Now, that's crazy. He was cut from his high school basketball team for having no skill. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Now, that's got to be crazy. Just sold the company, uh, his portion in the, well, the Charlotte Hornets for what? $3 billion. So much for no skills. Look, guys, I failed miserably for many years. Those failures were depressing and debilitating until I got a handle on failure by changing my mindset, literally, to see failure as positive and the greatest resource on the planet to becoming successful. Mark Cuban, billionaire businessman and owner of the Dallas Mavericks, says that successful people share one trait most people don't have. He says that it's that one thing in life we can all control, and that is your effort. That's fantastic in my view. You know, I, what I do is I'd like to add just one more thing to what he said. Not only is it the effort that you put into something, but it's also your attitude regarding failure, which is really what your mindset. Look, you can talk to any successful person, be it wealth, uh, you know, someone that's in business or sports or acting, education, you name it. And here's what they will tell you. I mean, I've experienced talking to these folks. They said that they learned way more from the failures than they ever did from their successes. And here's what I know, is I did too. 
I learned way more from my, my failures than I ever did from being successful. Now, throughout my life, here's some things that I've focused on and I would like for you to focus on too. But if you want to become successful, there are four things that you can do. There are a lot of things, but these are the four basic things that you can do if you really want to become successful. Now, the first thing is this. You have to believe that you can become successful. See, most people will say that they can become successful, but many are just saying it because it's what's expected of them. A lot of people don't really believe that. In fact, they don't think they have the skill sets to do so, but you got to really believe it. I became an officer because I literally visualized myself as being an officer. I believe with every fiber in my bone that I could become an officer. The second thing is you have to focus. Scientific study says that in this technologically advanced world, people's attention span is about eight seconds. Now, what can anyone do that's with any quality in eight seconds? Not much. The third thing. Now, I was listening to Denzel Washington give a university commencement speech, and he said this. When it comes to success, your faith is important. You know, your faith should be important to you. No matter what your faith is, it should be important. He then says that, you know, luck is a part of the success equation. I mean, that's just a part of it. When you want to become successful, look, you know, that's something that actually happens. That's a little bit beyond our control sometimes. You know, if you're a person of faith, you know, oftentimes you'll say, well, it's blessings from heaven, right? But he says, look, it's a part of that. He ended his speech by saying, if you have perfect faith and the best of luck, you still must do the work. So thirdly, you must work hard to gain success. But here's the golden ticket, guys. This right here. For me, this is the most important step. You must fail. That's right. Failure is where the magic happens. It's where it all comes together. If you want to learn how to accept that failure, it's a natural part of your journey. So believe, focus, work hard, and fail. That's how you can actually become successful. And remember, the failure is the key ingredient. Here's some things that I want to share with you real quick to keep in mind. It's like failure is a mindset that we need to embrace. you got to learn how to accept, understand, and embrace your failures. Failure is a part of the journey. We need to learn how to embrace it all. When we have a little failure, oftentimes people tend to give up. Look, don't stop. Continue the mission, right? We don't hear about failure much, but that's why I'm here. I'm going to change that paradigm. We tend to hear about failure when it fits into a, a narrative at some point. Some motivational speakers will get on stage, they'll talk about failure real quickly, then move on to, you know, to success. I want to dive deep in failure and talk about that because that's where you're going to gain the momentum and experience that you need to become successful. That's been my experience, and I'm sure it can be yours. When someone is starting something new and they experience failure, sometimes people think they are not cut out for what they're attempting. And they just give up. Man, wrong answer. Wrong answer. Remember, failure is what? An essential part of our lives. To see the entire picture of success, one must understand that there is going to be failures along your life's journey. No way of escaping. We need early failures to develop our style. Now, let me say that again. Think about this. We need early failures to develop our style. You know, we all have a certain style about us. Now, I fell early in life, as I shared with you in kindergarten. First grade. So my style developed, you know, being developed a long time ago. Didn't know that, but that was what was actually going on. So don't be afraid of your failure. Embracing the lessons of failure can and often is the key to success. Next is your response to your failures. Remember, it's not the failure, it's how you respond. So here's what I know for sure. Anyone who wants to win must go through the doorway of failure. That's just the way it is. 
Hey, look, I am George A. Milton, America's failure coach. Tune in for our next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Failure is Not the Problem podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at georgeamilton.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the other side.